Welcome to Echoes from the Abbey, a podcast brought to you from the team at Pilkington Communications, bringing you stories, sharing views, and giving you helpful tips and advice from the world of PR. A very warm welcome to the inspiring Ryan Stewart of the 123 Internet Agency in Milton Keynes. Uh, You'll know why I say inspiring as this podcast unfolds. What this person does not know about SEO is not worth knowing. But I'm going to get straight down to it. Three letters, S-E-O. Now, when you came into the office earlier today, we were chatting to Harriet, weren't we? My marketing assistant. And... um, And she said, I don't even know what SEO stands for. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I do know what it stands for. It stands for Search Engine Engine Optimism, optimism, which I thought was a very smiley, happy... It's one of the nicer three-word combos for SEO. Um, But like you said, it's one of those sort of dreaded three letters that you could sort of have associated. However... I think optimism is a great way to put it. I like it. So I'm definitely going to use that in the future as well. Okay, so total layman's terms. Uh, when I asked you ahead of ahead of today uh, what SEO actually is, you said it's about improving your website's visibility on search engines. We all want a bit of that, don't we? And that you do it by working continuously on your website. Tell us more. So SEO is, like I said, there's, there's two main practices. You've got on-page SEO and you've got off-page SEO. So when you look at a website, on-page is everything you can do to your website to improve its visibility on search engines. So number one is always content. So make sure you've got good quality content, keep it regularly updated, make sure you've got your core keywords in that piece of content. You've got things such as making it mobile responsive, make your website engaging. You need to also maybe optimize your images for the loading speed and so on. And there's a long list of things that you need to be doing on your website. Off of your website, there is some other practices you need to do. So And and that's called off-page. So yes, off-page SEO is things away from your website that can still impact your position on search engines. So most commonly is link building and getting backlinks. And this is where a quite nice link into PR is a lot of backlinks will come from PR. So when, you know, if, for example, you're creating very good content, I'd recommend sending that out to PR companies in return for a backlink because backlinks from good trusted domains on Google will increase what's called your domain authority, which is basically how trustworthy are you to Google. Okay, stop. What is a backlink? A backlink is a link coming into your site from another website. You can have good and bad backlinks. A good backlink is from a very trusted domain. So for example, um, Forbes has a high domain authority. It's been around for ages. The URL is very trusted. You can have toxic backlinks from very, you know, spam websites or advertising websites, which will have potentially a negative impact on SEO. So if you can do some link building activities to basically share content with PR companies or um, any other sort of areas that you can basically get content out there in return for a backlink, you should start to see your position on search engines rise. So it's interesting. I hadn't thought about what we do PR-wise as creating what you've just called backlinks. I'm going to start using that word from now on, warning everybody. Um, so, for example, I, I'm working with a local charity client. We do a lovely story. We create a film. Uh, it goes onto social media, but also the local and perhaps charity press pick it up. So we have a lovely story about a local charity. It's on the Chronicle and Echo website or the Charity Times website. 
Is that a backlink? That is a backlink, yes. So just to make things a little bit even more complex, uh, there's more than one backlink. So you've got follow backlinks and you've got no follow backlinks. And all that does is indicate to Google whether the person linking to your website trusts your website enough to give you some of what's called link juice, which is basically if I'm on a very trusted website and I'm linking to your website, however, I'm worried that your website may get hacked in the future or you may do something negative in the future, I don't want to risk being associated with your website. So I'm going to add a no follow attribute. So a key thing to note down is when you're doing backlinking exercises, all backlinks from positive domains are good because they're good sources of traffic. However, to get the increase in domain authority, which is the main purpose for most backlinking exercises, try your best to encourage the PR companies to offer you a follow backlink. That's quite hard to do. However, if you do it and you start to build these long-term relationships with PR companies and maybe get regular press articles in every month or every couple of months, you'll start to see the benefits from SEO perspective. So would one cheat be? Um, uh, you write a press release or a story about your own, whether, whether you use a PR company or you do it internally. You write a great story. Uh, it gets picked up by the press and they publish it potentially in a printed one, but also... And for SEO terms, this is more important, of course, online. What about if we embed links within the copy of the press release? So, for example, um, you know, if I say great new podcast launched in partnership with Ryan and into your name, I embedded your LinkedIn profile or your company URL. Is that a backlink if they, you know, if they keep that? Yes, yes, definitely. Any link included in that article would count as a backlink. So as long as you can get multiple links to your website in one article, and all that does is it just increases the amount of backlinks in that article. The main thing when looking at where to get a backlink from isn't the amount. It's always a quick case of quality over quantity. So you'd rather have one quality backlink from a high domain authority website as opposed to 50 backlinks from a lower domain authority. So it really is a game of quality over quantity when it comes to backlinks. So I, sometimes what I do for clients is when I'm sending out a press release um, to say a big database, um, maybe national and trade rather than local, I will paste the press release into the body of the email and within that include embedded hyperlinks. So it would be if you clicked on a word, it would go to the website, for example. Some journalists get frustrated by that. So then I'll attach one without the hyperlinks to give them the option, but to maximize the likelihood that they will include the hyperlinks. And now I know they're called backlinks. They are indeed. Fantastic. I, I knew I was doing something right. Um, so, we, I mean, when we come to the top tips later, I think, yeah, I suspect you were talking more about that. And we're picking up new words. There's, there's tons of buzzwords for SEO. Okay, so I'm going to say a word. And then my challenge to you is I want a description that people will understand in just a few words. Long tail. Long keywords. Short tail. Shorter keywords. White hat SEO. Good SEO. Backlinks. Links to your site from another. Black hat SEO. SEO. That's bad SEO. Uh, link juice, your favorite. Sharing of links. Metadata. Tell Google what your website does. And finally, keyword density. How many keywords are on your website page? You totally passed that quiz. That was fantastic. Thank you. I know that uh, when I'm doing things like social media coaching and training for clients, one of the things that I often talk about is how quickly everything changes. 
uh, and how to be really, really good at what you do. You actually have to keep teaching yourself and keeping up to date. So, I, you know, coaching, etc. And you said to me earlier that one of the biggest challenges about SEO, apart from understanding what it means, <laughs> uh, is that it changes a lot. Can you explain that? Yeah, I mean, the most frustrating thing I'm sure a lot of SEOs out there can agree is that whatever is best practice never stays best practice for long. Google is constantly trying to combat any black hat SEO out there by constantly and consistently updating its uh, algorithm. Reports suggest that Google changes its search algorithm around 500 to 600 times per year. But obviously these updates will have differing impacts from an SEO perspective. I know for a fact this year, I believe there's been two core updates back to back, funnily enough, in June and July. These core updates usually have a bigger impact on SEO. And I know that in June, there was also a core Web Vitals update, which, like I said, all it does is it basically tells us as SEOs what Google is seeing as important to rank higher. So in that Web Vitals one, it was taken into things like page experience. Mm. So how long someone stays on your website, the engagement they have, um, whether your images respond to whatever sort of screen size you're on, all of this was now being taken into account. So if I'm an SEO and I was previously just focusing mainly on good quality content and forgot about, you know, optimizing images, I could have seen my rankings drop drastically in June and have no real idea why until you go on to Google to find out about Google who have changed and moved the goalpost again. So it is quite frustrating. However, I completely understand why they do it. There's so many SEO companies out there who are using black hat techniques and these algorithm updates are so important to sort of filtering them out and keeping us SEOs on our toes and ultimately in jobs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you must be a serious SEO geek. I mean, do you, so perhaps when you're not at work and at work and you're, I don't know, browsing the internet, um, perhaps for your sports updates, do you, do you actually look at the websites and as a, as a kind of regular user or do you kind of go, huh, Oh, they're lacking. They're missing a trick there. You'll be finding it funny. My fiance is bored to death of me every time we look on a website and I'm constantly pointing out that, oh, this slow load speed is bad and, you know, <laughs> oh, it's not responded down to mobile. So, yeah, I'm geeky in them aspects, but I do try to leave it at work because I'm aware that just because it's quite interesting for myself, um, it may not be that interesting for others. So, Ryan, I believe that you very recently ran the Brighton Marathon with your fiance Megan. She dragged me over the line. She was phenomenal. Okay. I mean, I was nearly going home in um, an ambulance at one point. It was getting quite bad. But I had to finish because obviously I knew my job wasn't done just finishing the marathon. I had something else to do. Oh, That was actually the day I also proposed to Megan. So where was the ring? Was it in your sock? No, it was back at our room. Um, I'd hidden it in my shoe. Um, and yeah, it was a case of she was getting ready. And then I went and got pretty much down on one knee. I was worried I weren't going to get back up because <laughs> I just ran 26 miles. Um, but yeah, uh, after uh, a little bit of tease and a lot of emotion, she said yes. And yeah, that was a, a big day for me that day. So That's an extraordinary day. 26 odd miles of proposal. You actually managed to stand up after getting onto one knee. And she said yes. Congratulations. She did say yes. Yeah. So moving back on to SEO now. Uh, any are there any pet peeves? Are like, is there like one thing that just drives you insane? I think to put one, there's a number of pet peeves, but I'd say the biggest one for me is when I see a website isn't secure. 
And by secure, that's obviously being um, having an SSL certificate because it's one of the easiest things to do and it doesn't cost much money, but the impact that has on from both an SEO perspective, but from a user perspective, you know, if I'm onto a site and it's telling me there's potentially dangerous content on here, or I see that it's unsecure, I'm going to trust it less. And I just sometimes think, you know, we have done a lot of quotes for a lot of prospects. And usually when they turn to us, if I see that they're unsecure, that is the first number one thing I'll check is, do you have an SSL certificate? Uh, Ryan, you're very ambitious. You've got a first class degree. And uh, I happen to know that you actually sent a LinkedIn post to your now boss saying, I want a job with you. Yeah, it was a bit of a strange one. And I said, the story is actually sort of, there's more to it as well. So when I was on my uh, degree, um, I had to do a placement year um, in industry. And that was at a company called Dawson Group in Milton Keynes. Um, they're sort of a logistics asset rental firm. And part of one of my projects there was to source a digital marketing agency that we could use within Dawson Group. And uh, on the shortlist was one, two, three. So I actually, the first time I met Scott and the one, two, three internet team was as a prospective client. So I was on the other side of the table and I remember walking into the office and I just instantly loved the buzz. I loved the creative atmosphere, the culture, and just everything about that meeting. I got a real good feel. So we actually then went on to use one, two, three internet group at Dawson group as a digital marketing agency. So fast track to my final year, I'm finishing up and I need to start looking for jobs. Um, I remembered that I had connected with Scott on LinkedIn. So I, funny enough, looked, they were promoting a job within the social media team. And I thought, what's, what's the worst that can happen? I'll drop him a message. And I even remember I was on my way to basketball practice and it was 6 a.m. and I was in the car um, with one of my teammates and I dropped him a message that early thinking, oh, I can, you know, I'm sure, hopefully he'll respond afterwards. Five minutes later at 6.05, Scott responds, yep, would love to have you in for a trial day. And I instantly thought, this, you know, it's an early indication this guy is on it. 6.05, responded to these messages. So went in for a trial day. And yeah, I joined the social media team. Um, I was there in that team for about five months before um, an opening came in the account management team, especially focusing within SEO. And like I said, the background from university and sort of my knowledge around SEO meant that it was sort of a perfect fit for, between me and Scott. And yeah, like I said, I think two years on, um, I'm loving the work that I do there, loving sort of the atmosphere of the company. And I think to go full circle, um, Dawson Group is one of the clients I manage now. So Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, my boss or my placement student is now one of my clients. So I still oh, do that's a, lot a of lovely circle. I have two two thoughts come to mind after hearing you say that. Firstly, what on earth are you doing, Scott, on LinkedIn at 6am? Just thought I'd put it out there. Most of us are asleep. Um, and secondly, I mean, it's just an incredibly impressive example of, uh, of persistence and using social media in, a, in just such a slick way. I, I do the same sometimes. If, uh, if people are evading my emails and perhaps not approving a press release, I'll give them a couple of nudges and after that I'll send a LinkedIn post and you get a reply like that, don't you? No, definitely. I think it's such an underutilized platform. Um, you know, people do still use email a lot, but I think I'm the same as you. If I've not had a response from them in a while, I'm usually connected with them. So I drop them a LinkedIn message and I'll get a response on there. So Yeah, it's amazing. I find with journalists, it's Twitter. 
So uh, if a journalist isn't responding to a press release that I'm really trying to get them to kind of get excited by and promote, uh, it's Twitter that works, not LinkedIn. But yeah, anyway, all things social. We're going to go back to SEO. I couldn't let this podcast go by without getting some top tips for my own website um, before we move on to the wider ones. So um, as you arrived, I, I pulled up Google on my laptop which is open in front of me at the moment, and I keyed in PR companies Northampton. You know, and there are not an enormous number of PR companies in Northampton, Northamptonshire. So, of course, I'm going to be on the first page, but I'm not. So, if you key in PR companies, um, charities, charity clients, Northampton, I'm quite near the top because I do a lot of case studies on the work that we do with charities. What am I doing wrong? Have a look here. We've got ads quite a few ads. I get that because I'm not doing an ad. And then we've got, it says PR companies and there's a map and everybody but me. So Ryan, I've got you here. Uh, what am I doing wrong? So funny enough, you mentioned about if you added more keywords to the query, you were starting to come up a bit more. Now that's to do with different types of keywords. So the longer the keyword, which is referred to as a long tail keyword. Ding, 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 buzzword. Another buzzword. So a long tail keyword is when you your search query has more keywords in it. So you mentioned PR companies, charities, Northampton. Adding that one extra word means that Google will pull up a whole different sort of selection of relevant content. The shorter tail keywords are usually harder to rank for just because people as I mentioned before, we're quite lazy. We try to find what we need in the quickest time, which involves less keywords. However, when you look at PR companies, Northampton, you're right. First things first, you have your paid ads. These are Google AdWords. So people are paying for the privilege to be at the top of the rankings. And that will cost them for a click. However, their aim is that the content, once they do click, should match perfectly that keyword. And turn into a potential lead, client, it. sale. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Give them return on investment. Below that, before you even get to the first search engine uh, result, you actually have a local pack or the Google My Maps. So this is created through one of Google's free services, which is Google My Business. Now, I'm going to come on to this later because this is something that most businesses I think all businesses need to realize it's a massive, massive opportunity for local SEO. Optimizing your My Business page will automatically make you more favorable. You're using Google services. You're providing local information, especially for service businesses. Funnily enough, we have a client, um, they're a local estate agent, and their number one source of traffic each month is their My Business page. That's incredible. So that's people clicking on the website button on the My Business. And it's, you know, if you're a local business, you're trying to target local cu customer base, you need to really focus on your My Business page. Okay, so question, Ryan. If I do exactly what you're saying, and I think, because I do have a Google My, is it Google My Business? My Business, yeah. My, Google My Business. So mm -hmm. I have a Google My Business. Set it up a few years ago, you know, when I was actually practicing what I preach and doing PR on myself. Uh, and But I don't add to it. And I think that's where I've gone wrong. So let's say I start doing whatever you're going to tell me to do next, adding content every time I do some social, adding it to, to the Google My Business, um, adding uh, blogs and information and imagery. How long is it going to take me to get in that top three? So like I said, it's, it's hard to put a time frame on it. However, what you will do is you 
drastically increase your chances of being found for it. What I'd recommend is within your updates and posts on there, drop in your focus keywords, PR company, Northampton. You know, I would also try and get as many reviews as you can on Google. Like I said, the more five-star reviews you have, the better you'll be seen. So if someone's looking for a PR company in Northampton and you are offering a service, which is a public relations firm, and you have five-star reviews, you'll show higher than someone who has four-star reviews. So how do you get those reviews? So reviews, like I said, it's usually um, we recommend clients doing email campaigns or follow-ups. You just make it part of your sort of sales and onboarding process. Once you get a client on board, we'd always recommend sending them a link which says, you know, we hope you enjoyed our service. Great to have you on board. Could you drop us a quick review on Google? And where, where's that link? Where am I linking people so to? So on your My Business account, you'll be able to see a view all reviews, or you can even leave yourself a review. Once you have that link, copy and paste that into an eShop or maybe make it a smaller um, link. And I'll start to circulate that out throughout your clients. Um, we have a client doing that currently at the minute. And I think within the last month, they sort of generated anywhere between eight to 10 Google reviews. From existing clients, you know, they don't have to be new. If you've got a good relationship with them, they'll more than happily leave you a review. Sometimes to give them incentive, maybe go and drop them one. Um, but like I said, the more reviews, the more information you give Google on your My Business page around your local area and the services you offer, you'll be more likely to be seen in that My Business uh, section. That's really interesting. And there's so much crossover, isn't there, between SEO and PR content, promotion, promoting yourself. Uh, so expect me to be sending you a link tomorrow asking you to review, uh, a positive review, of course. And the, But I am, in, in all seriousness, definitely going to follow that advice. That's no, great. Definitely. So warning to all clients. No, 100%. And like you said, I think then you get into the realm of the first, so you know, position one on Google. Um, how you get there is, like I said, a whole number of um, on-page SEO tactics. So buzzwords are gonna be flying off here. So your metadata, um, that's pretty much how Google identifies what a page is about and the content on that page. Your on-page content, you need to make sure you have a high amount of your focus keyword or keyword density. You need to make sure you've got internal links on that page, make sure your images are optimized, make sure they're compressed so the loading speeds well. There's a whole number of things. And as I said, I may be telling you all this now, in two months, it may all change. So it's really about keeping up to date. And ultimately, that's where a lot of our clients um, turn to us is SEO is not a static uh, activity. It needs to be regularly updated. And companies like uh, One to Three Internet, we have the teams in place doing SEO day in, day out for our clients so that they can get the results that they may not have the time to do. Okay, thank you. So, Ryan, we're going to end this podcast as we always do with your five top tips around SEO. So, I'd say top tip number one is constantly, constantly update your website from an SEO perspective. It isn't static. Top tip number two, I'd say make the most of Google's free services. And if you only use one, I'd say definitely focus on my business in the upcoming years. Top tip number three, allocate plenty of time to SEO in your marketing activities. Even though it is a long-term strategy, give it the respect it deserves. Number four, content, content, content. I cannot stress enough how good quality content is the key to all SEO. And I'd say number five is use all of the readily available resources that are out there to maybe kickstart your SEO activities, such as helpful guides or audit tools. 
Yeah, brilliant final top tip, which makes me think about your own website, Ryan. So visit 123internet.agency and I've spotted a very useful page, top tab, SEO and PPC. And um, when you scroll to the very bottom, there's a a, a brilliant uh, SEO best practices white paper that I would really encourage everyone to download. I think there's a free audit as well, isn't there? Yep. So if you just scroll a little bit further up the page, you'll see a free SEO audit tool. All that you need to do is drop your website URL in there and you'll receive a free SEO audit straight to your email. Brilliant. Well, I'll be doing that. And of course, everyone can link in with you by following you on LinkedIn, Ryan Stewart. Yep, that's correct. I just want to say thank you very much again, Ryan. I have learned the most extraordinary amount, lots of new words, which I probably will never use again, but certainly the importance of, of making sure that SEO isn't an afterthought. It's a wrap. Mm-hmm.